Media from Oz9 Podcast. I like to listen to people talk about things. So here's a really good network for people talking about things. It's actually called the Discussing Network because it's people talking about things. Enjoy! Two worlds. Here in the time machine and there in the village that time forgot. One is real, the other's fake. And just to make it more interesting... You're going to face, in both worlds, a deadly danger, but only one of the dangers is real. Time to sleep. Oh. Or are you waking up? If you're the Time Lord, let's call me the Dream Lord. Pick a world, and this nightmare will all be over. They'll listen to you. It's you they're waiting for. Amy's men. Amy's choice. This is going to be a tricky one. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start this episode by welcoming back someone who's had a recent adventure with the UPS, Nicole from Terminus. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Yeah, that was that was quite an adventure. <laughs> that was fun following your postings and, and musing. So you want to just, in a Reader's Digest, tell us about your misadventures with the UPS. You know, weirdly, it... It somewhat fits the episode today, but um, I was buying a new bed frame. I actually bought a new mattress and that I needed to buy a new bed frame because uh, my bed that I'm currently sleeping on is about 20 something years old. Like it's old and uh, the mattress is old, too. I don't I don't know how old it is. I just just, you know, I'm one of those people who thinks more about other people than myself. So. I go to bed and I'm like, ah, oh, God, the, I'm getting poked with these springs. And, and then I forget to get a new bed. But now mm-hmm. I finally bought one and I got one of those like online that like expand when you open it. So I'm, I'm going to be excited to open this up, but I needed a new mattress. Uh, I mean, a base to put it on. And that just, oh my God, for a week, it would say, uh, out for delivery. Uh, here by nine and then I they give you a map to follow your delivery around and I'd watch the UPS guy go around the block around the block around the block never come and uh finally my wife called them and was like uh what's going on and had to go through several people and one person even said like one of the two days like it just sat at the warehouse like it didn't even leave it wasn't actually on the truck but it took five days it it was supposed to come on Monday, and it finally came on Friday. Wow. It was a lot. Yeah, it's funny enough in the time where maybe shipping is the most important thing. <laughs> right. It's, it, it seems like it's, it's gotten very, very bad. Um, Amazon times are unreliable as well. What used to be a couple of days is, you know, you get it when you get it, which I guess is understandable. But still, yeah. you know, you want to still. Yeah. If the I volume has, yeah. Get raised yeah. to the power of 10 or something. So yeah. I'm going to make a speculation and I'm going to take your story, Nicole, and add another element to the story. I think it's because of the supply and demand that Clarence and Lee were just mentioning, but I think that it's also like your mattress probably wasn't available ultimately to be shipped until Friday. 
but I bet so that they are not dinged by Amazon that they put it out for delivery, et cetera, and so forth. And I'll give you an example. I ordered face mask a couple of about a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and they were supposed to be there on Sunday. So I'm at home, of course, all day on Sunday. And about 2 f- two p.m. in the afternoon, I get a notice from UP- uh, Amazon says, attempted delivery, your driveway was blocked. Well, I live in an apartment. <laughs> I don't have a driveway. <laughs> it was there like two days later, but still – I think that's the vendor's way of not being dinged by Amazon to say, hey, we couldn't deliver it. So they were probably days behind on their deliveries anyway. So they're probably in catch up mode. So I'm not like I wasn't mad. It was just more like if I, I have to wait around for them to come. And if they're not coming and like if. If they're saying, oh, it won't be here till Friday, just tell me that and I'll be cool. Yes. But saying it's coming every single day was just. <laughs> I would say, strangely enough, that's what happened to the president's mask. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still waiting for them to be delivered. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, maybe I will name my bed Dream Lord when I <laughs> set it up. I like it. <laughs> there you yes, go. Uh, You're listening to Discussing Logistics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With your host, Nicole Mazza. That's why you had me here. I'm here for the UPS talk. <laughs> and shipping. <laughs> All right. So real quick before That's we That's not move. a joke everybody would get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I'm in a dream. Alrighty. And Nicole, as always, we are so happy to have you back, but also so happy to have you back. I'm going to say welcome back, Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Hey, man, I'm doing good, I guess, right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough still being in the COVID era, but, um, I'm trying to survive <laughs> as I hope everyone else is, but I'm, I'm doing well, man. We're talking about Doctor Who, so hopefully that'll lift my spirits along with everybody else's. Well, that's, that's the goal of the night is to lift everybody's spirits. And Ooh. speaking of lifting, you know, uh, relativity speak or relatively speaking, I want to mm-hmm. say back and a big welcome back because even though you haven't been anywhere, I still love to say welcome <laughs> back to Lee Shackelford. That's true. Where would I have gone? Maybe to a dream world. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back. Okay. How are you? Thank you. Well, yeah, the, the lifting, uh, remark, uh, for folks who don't know or who could possibly care is that I, I tried to, um, pick up and hold something that I now know I should not have picked up and held. So I'm having surgery on Thursday to put my left arm back into order. So oh. hooray. Mm. I can, I can hardly wait. Okay. Mm. So, just so you know, for the record, mm. Steve Rogers, and Thor are the only two people that can lift the hammer. Okay. I, I gave it a good shot. <laughs> He's been holding that one all day. No. I actually just, I got to give myself credit. I really just yeah. thought of it just then. <clears throat> but and see, Jane Foster. Yes. Okay. And so, Jane Foster in the future coming soon. Maybe so to a theater. We still haven't seen Wonder mm-hmm. Woman, but <laughs> this is not Wonder Woman. This is Doctor Who. And guess what, guys? We have more feedback. Into the wild and fire. Oh, Dalek on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feedback. Do I cheer for your feedback too? Say what now? 
I said, do I cheer for your feedback too? <laughs> hey, I, mean, I do when sorry. I'm listening. So I mean, I'm like, yay, yay. Well, here's the deal. I guess we have the. the this is maybe like in a dream world because we have two Nicoles because you have been immortalized in our feedback saying, "Oh, Dalek Khan." I oh, Dalek Khan. Couldn't resist it. <laughs> But seriously, we do have some uh, feedback, and I want to say to everyone listening, if you've not already done so, we ask that you subscribe to the show using Apple Podcasts or the podcast player of your choice. Also, if you leave us a five-star review, we will read your review in an upcoming episode. You can also follow us on all the major social medias at Discussing Who. And speaking of, this comes from Facebook This for this week's feedback. And it comes from Rebecca Norris. She says that, hey, I have just finished listening to Series 11 reviews. I don't recall you guys mentioning this, so I had to ask. How did you guys feel about the fact that no one coming onto the TARDIS ever said the iconic, it's bigger on the inside, exclamation? I was really bombed out, honestly. It's one of my favorite parts of introducing new people to the TARDIS. So I'm going to pose that question to all three of you. Do you remember? I don't. I think Rebecca's right. I don't remember anybody saying that. So do you guys recall? In Series 11. I don't think they have in Series 12 either, to be honest. Hmm. I, I think that Chibnall has just like not put that in. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I don't think put that in his show at all. Yeah. Like, I think he's like deliberately not putting it in there for, I, I don't know why, but maybe yeah. he hates that part. Yeah. I, I wonder, do they give any reference to it at all? Or are they just totally, cause I, I liked Ro- what Rory said, where he kind mm-hmm. of yeah. didn't say it directly. It's another dimension. Yeah. yeah when, it's, when it's clever, I like it. But yeah, yes. I, didn't, I didn't notice if they said anything, which is strange. And it may go to what Cal said. It, it, he doesn't like the desktop theme. It may be too small to say it's bigger than it is. This <laughs> <laughs> is claustrophobic. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I do enjoy the, the variations. I always think that's fun. Yeah. It's smaller on the outside. It's smaller <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, and you know, I'm sitting here remembering it. I think they focus more on when she walked in and was looking around, I think she's the one that they did the focal of seeing what it looked like and kind of looking around and seeing that for the first time. And then when they walk in, she says, Hey, this is my ship. This is the TARDIS. And I think it was left as an assumption that yeah. they would understand that it was a spaceship and just kind of deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I don't think we've gotten their reaction in any sort of way to the TARDIS. Like, not even a, it's bigger on the inside, but like anything. Like, they're just there and they travel in it. You know, it's, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that, and even, um, I mean, obviously it wasn't always like this. I mean, it's kind of on and off like this in the classic series and the new series, but we don't have a lot of moments in the TARDIS. I mean, we have some scenes in there, but I feel like more of the adventures take place outside of the TARDIS. True. Like, they don't just hang out in there. It's, it yeah. feels like it's like a bus, you know? They get on it, they go to the place, they leave it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have some scenes in there, but and probably more in Series 12. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like they, it doesn't feel like they live there or mm-hmm. hang out. I don't know. Oh. It's, it's just kind of different to me. It it definitely felt like in uh, series twelve they tried to 
make attempt to make it more lived in because they put that should I call it a football stadium bleachers type section (laughs) in the TARDIS that they focus on a few times but other than that it's it's like they're rarely there or it feels like they're rarely rarely there yeah yeah Yep, I agree. And speaking of not being there, I'd set up, and this is kind of funny, and I'm going to add one more line. It's not kind of, it really is funny. Uh, I'm going to add one more piece of feedback that Rebecca sent. So I set up on our Discussing Who Facebook account or page, I set up this response so that when someone messages us and we can immediately respond for whatever reason, I wanted someone to get an initial response. So the response says, Rebecca, thanks for contacting us. We are currently traveling somewhere in space and time, but we'll, mm-hmm. we, we will be in touch with you very soon. She responds immediately after that and says, I've been listening to you guys so much. I just read that auto reply in Kyle's voice. <laughs> That's priceless. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let me read that one more time just for Rebecca's benefit. Rebecca. Thanks for contacting us. We are currently traveling somewhere in space and time, but we will be in touch with you very soon. If you leave a message after the tone. Beep. <laughs> Does anyone have any other items you would like to mention before we get into our review? I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing really. Same here. Awesome. Awesome. That means I can say if you have not seen Amy's Choice, Put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, take us off pause, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Alrighty, we are back, and we are back to review Amy's Choice. This is the seventh episode of the 2010 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 15th of May, 2010. It starred Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, Karen Gillan as Amy Pond, and Arthur Darville as Rory Williams. So summary view, and Clarence Brown, I want to start with you. What did you think of this episode? I thought it, there was a lot of cleverness to it, uh, so that I always really enjoy. Uh felt very inceptiony, and ultimately I think I liked it. I'm not sure it's one of my favorite, but uh, I thought I had a good time with it. All righty. Lee Shackelford, what say you? Yeah, I think I would say the same thing. It's not my favorite, but uh, I remember being really, really disappointed by this episode when I saw it first, and I haven't looked back at it since. And uh, this time, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I've still got the same fundamental problem with it that I did before, but of course, we'll get into that. But but boy, for what it does for the whole question of who who is Amy's fella... Um, you, you can't go forward without this story. So well said, well said. So Nicole, I know this is one of, or I anticipate this is one of your favorite episodes from this series. So the question to you is, what did you think? Oh, I hated it. No, <laughs> it is. I changed my mind. Yeah, sorry. I just have. Uh, bye. <laughs> no, um, it is actually my favorite. Uh, say classic series. Oh my god, it's my favorite. It's ten new, years ago, yeah, it's my favorite. I was about to say new series too, but I mean, is it really a new series if it's been fifteen years? Anyway, it's my favorite modern series story. Really, I love it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, huh. a lot. Okay, so I <laughs> am going to 
hopefully oh. not shatter the, the ball here. I love some aspects of this story. I love some of the potential of this story. I don't like some of the execution. And I think partly my execution that I don't like is one thing in general, which we'll get to in just a minute. However, yes, you do need this completely to answer the question of who's Amy's man. And it puts that story to rest. And I, I needed that. I, I'm, I was on board for that. And I love the concept of this story. Just like I said, some of the execution for me makes me not want to watch this over and over and over. But again, we'll, we'll get to that. Hmm. Also reminded me a little bit of a Twilight Zone yeah, concept yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. In the opening scene, let's start with the opening scene. We see a time jump of five years and we basically domesticated Amy and Rory. I want to wonder and speculate, were you sold by this concept? I mean, literally thinking that time had jumped five years into the future or did you think, hmm, something's going on? Curious. And Lee, this time I'll start with you. Were you sold by this at the beginning? Yeah, uh, I mean, act one of a show like this, uh, uh, the the job is to, you know, get you on board with the concept and uh, lay down the ground rules. So, and on Doctor Who, I'm always willing to accept whatever is being handed out and <laughs> in act one and say, okay, all right, I got it. Teaching us the rules. Okay, I got it. One of these realities is real. I got it. Onward. All right. Clarence, what about you? I think uh they did all the right things to make the first little part there of them being in the village believable, you know, by having Amy pregnant and, you know, maybe the ponytail wasn't as believable. But but what really sold me is the doctor coming in and him also saying that some time has passed. So, you know, although it was not real, um, it definitely gave the impression that this could be what's going on. It could be like a, a real thing. All right. So I'll go next here. I remember watching this the first time and thinking literally whenever I watched it, okay, well, we jumped for 10 years for her to be, you know, a child and then be grown. And now we've jumped again. I just thought that this was what Interesting. was the new thing with doctors. So I was mm -hmm. sold at the very beginning thinking, hey, this is, you know, this is possible. What kind of started breaking that soldness, quote unquote, was what you mentioned, Clarence, the ponytail with a Rory. I was like, eh, <laughs> that doesn't quite look right. Maybe something's going on. So even before anything else, the look of him is what made me think, mm, something's not sitting right here. Maybe because the wig wasn't sitting right on his head or something. I don't know. But, you know, that was, but, but, but initially I was all in thinking, Oh, we've jumped five years in the future. So Nicole, what about you? What did you think at that initial setup? I do remember being uh very, you know, obviously you're kind of back footed. You're like, what is going on? And I remember thinking this doesn't make a lot of sense for Amy, you know, cause she even says that later in the episode, she's like, um, this feels more like, you know, your fantasy. That's not really me. I mean, that's why I got pregnant. So I could, you know, miss the local theater doing, you know, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a boring life for her. I can't, couldn't imagine that. But yeah. uh, the thing that actually tipped me off was the doctor coming to visit them. 
because much like we kind of go over in this this episode itself, he doesn't do that. Like he doesn't Uh, go and visit anybody. And so I'm like, well, something's up because that is something that he just as a character generally does not do unless it's for like a anniversary episode or something. (laughs) Because he's dying. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I was like, that's a little I'm not really sure. Uh, But I still didn't know what it was. I was like, is this an alternate reality? You know what? What is happening? You know, yeah. But apparently, yeah. it was yeah, a yeah, really to me. bad or good mayor or something. It's a good mayor. Good mayor. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. But yeah, to be. me, that's that's the point where you go, oh, "What's up here?" Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I was just going to add that I think it would be interesting if they did an actual series uh, or a few series of having the doctor pop in and out of you know a person's li- life <laughs> as he gets get older. I think that could be interesting. Oh, I think that would be very interesting. You know, and yeah, have. I mean, I kind of did that before like in a christmas carol true but yeah but from an i think from an overall companion arc you know like if you had Mm -hmm. someone coming in that let's think of bill for an example i mean i think i wouldn't change anything about bill the character or bill the story that we had but if you did have some future companion coming in and you knew that he or she was only going to be there one season. I think that would be a very interesting thing to explore of a dynamic of a lifetime, but over a 12 or 10 or however many episode arc, I think that would be very interesting. I agree. So what did you guys, and Nicole, I'll start with you first. When we see this switch from the future five years into going back inside the TARDIS. What were your thoughts at that point? And you're seeing, okay, this isn't five years. Any thoughts from there? Well, um, I mean, obviously they, they figure out pretty quickly that they all three had the same dream. Obviously they all had different reactions to the dream. But um, at that point it was, I was wondering, you know, what, was there some sort of psychic event going on? Like maybe some alien that was, you know, messing with them. But I still wasn't quite sure what was going on. And I was just sort of like, you know, kind of like Lee says, you know, just along for the ride, you know, just be like, okay, just show me what you're going to tell me in the story. All right. So we see, you know, this idealistic town. We see this elderly community that's in the town and we, you know, just see things that are going on in, in the town itself. And then we switch back to the TARDIS again and, then the arrival of the Dream Lord happened. So initial impressions of seeing the Dream Lord. And Clarence, I want to start with you this time. Initial impressions of the Dream Lord. I don't know. I mean, we know that he's he's putting them through this test a la a Q or something like that uh, from Star Trek, where he's kind of putting them through this test to see um, if they can pass. And I thought that was one of the best things about the episode is is how he gives them this dilemma to figure out what's real or what's not as we go along the journey to try to figure it out ourselves as well. So, you know, beyond that, I didn't have any real initial thoughts about him other than um, he's kind of either poking fun or maybe just, um, I don't know. It's just something strange about him. We just can't figure out. And yeah, but I do like the fact that he was playing this game with him. I thought that was interesting. All right. Lee, what say you? Well, this is my whole problem. And 
So for, for once, I will disagree with Clarence up and down. I, I hate the idea of a, of a, a character coming into a story that is always a puzzle box story and creating trouble for no reason. It's why I didn't like Q on Next Generation. It's, it's, it's why I despaired when I saw the pilot because he's in the pilot, you remember. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, Gene, no, no. It's been 20 years. You can't come up with anything better than this. I'm here to make trouble because I can. Come on. There's a whole universe out there of things that can happen to these characters, not somebody coming in and saying, I just want to torment you. Okay. Why? What, what's, what's actually happening here? And why should we care? And, and, and so that's my problem with this. And, and this is written by Simon Nye, who is no screenwriter, uh, slack. He's, you know, he's somebody who's written, I think, great things, but it's a, it's a cop out. It was all a dream is the classic screenwriter cop out. And yeah, it, when it, I got the next, when I got the next generation writer's guide, it was like on page two, it says no dreams. It was all a dream, and that goes double for the holodeck. It was all a simulation. Of holodeck. No, <laughs> yeah, <'cause> I, <laughs> for the same reason. Yeah, you're right. It, but, it it does make you feel like you went through this whole episode for nothing. Yeah. Right, and then in the end, we find out. And you know, I always say, just give me an explanation. There was an explanation for it that these crystals got caught in the time rotor, and so the dream lord was spoiler for the end, the doctor. Um, sort of an aspect of his personality. That's fascinating, but it doesn't alter the fact that we went through all of this hell just because we could. And we'll see this again in sleep no more. Uh-oh. <laughs> just saying. Okay. But you're but bro- breaking because, my brain. <laughs> but because Nicole is not nuts and I know that she loves this episode, I went to it this time with a much more charitable spirit. And so what I was able to appreciate this time was this as a story about Rory and Amy. And given that it's a a lame excuse to create this story about the two of them, still that story that gets told, I think is brilliant that that what goes on with them and their relationship with the doctor is just, is, is worth the ride. Um, and, and I know we'll talk about that in more detail later. Also, this is Toby Jones, who, you know, who doesn't love Toby Jones? Love Toby Jones and his dad, Freddie Jones. And his dad, uh, yeah. who has been an actor I've admired as long as I've been aware of actors. Yeah. I read a review of The Elephant Man when that back in when that film came out. and It was my favorite film ever. And uh, the review said, Freddie Jones is one of England's great bad actors. Oh, oh my God. Uh, I'll never forget that. Is that a compliment? Yeah. <laughs> or, but anyway, but yeah, here's son Toby, who who we have known as the voice of Dobby, and uh, and he's Arnim Zola, of course. And uh, although I was disappointed that Arnim Zola didn't uh, look like he does in the comics, I've been waiting for that. Uh, anyway, that, that's Nicole, an expensive. So before effect. I go, before I go, before I go, Nicole, what do you yes. <laughs> tell us? Well, what did you think? Okay, well, so my first impression was I, I did know Toby Jones. So I was like, ooh, Toby Jones. Um, <laughs> and I thought that he had this kind of great uh, sort of malevolent energy, like sort of a master character or a uh, maybe the Valyard or something. And I guess he, he was basically almost like a Valyard character, which I don't know if that might not mean anything to Clarence yet. I can't remember. But um, anyway, 
it's funny that Lee says that it was, you know, all for nothing. But for me, it was, I love deep character dives. Like, I love characterization and digging into stuff. And I I know you can't do that every week because that, that would be, that's just not the show Doctor Who is. But for me, for the show to pause and take a deep look at itself and the Doctor and how he relates to his companions and how they relate to each other. And it's a, you know, there's the whole choice, like Amy's choice, but it's not so much, it, it's framed as the Doctor versus Rory, but it's really this adventure life versus growing up and staying home like Peter Pan. So it's, for me, it's worth the ride because it did a lot of emotional character work in uh, in one go that gave us a really good look at who these people are that we're watching. And so for me, I, I just loved it. And not even just with Amy and Rory, it, it's the doctor always, you know, the doctor and his relationship to all his companions. I mean, that's picked at over, you know, by the dream Lord. And so I was like, Oh my God, they went there. And so for me, I thought it was amazing because it was just, I love deep character pieces. That's, that's my, my, uh, kryptonite so um for me very much worth it i love it i it it would not be something i would say here's your first episode of doctor who to watch like you wouldn't get it (laughs) i mean it would make no sense um but i don't know i just feel like it it does a lot of emotional work for these characters in a way that i find is particularly fitting for series five which is all about fairy tales and childhood feelings about your hero and learning that your hero is not really what you thought and growing up and, you know, all kind of stuff like that. So Toby Jones was, I thought he was amazing in this personally. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Clarence. And I was just going to add like that. I, I think what makes it impactful to me too, it's even though it does feel like, okay, we went through this dream, it may have been for nothing, but this is what Nicole just said. They remember what happened. And, we see what aim, the choice Amy makes um, for her man. And I think that's very impactful for her character going forward as well. Also, the dream, um, the, 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 what's the name again? Dream, dream Doctor? Yeah. Dream Lord. Dream wow. Lord. <laughs> dream Weaver. Dream Doctor. Dream Weaver. He reminds me of Mr. Mixel. Yes. Oh, Mrs. Pinnock, yes. yes. <laughs> Wait, say now it again? I have to say it backwards. Yeah. No. <laughs> That guy. Yeah. Yeah. I had that kind of thought too. And I've always hated that character too. (laughs) I'm so team with Lee. You have a type, Lee. (laughs) People who make mischief just to make mischief, that's to me, that's not dramatically interesting. You know, when there are so many other reasons for something to happen, it shouldn't just happen because somebody said so. You know, it's kind of testing. It's testing like Job. You know, it's like, I'm putting you through the paces to, 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 so you can learn about yourself. I think that's exactly right. And that's, that's really why I enjoyed this so much more this time because I, I felt like it was a cop out ending when I saw it before to say, Oh, well, that's just another dimension of the, the doctor's character. Well, wait a minute. Let's put the brakes on there for a second. So all of this happened because of thoughts and feelings that the doctor has. Ooh. Now that's suddenly yeah. very interesting. This yeah. didn't happen for no reason. This happened because this is a conflict that the doctor's experiencing. 
wow. And I wish that the script sort of really allowed you some time to un- unfold that. But uh, but, but it's add, fine because we still get to where we need to be with Amy and Rory. Well, let me add this. It's really it, – it, it is a story or a reality that is feeding off of his – Items that you just mentioned, Lee, but I, it's also feeding from the subconscious of Amy and Rory, and it's well, pu- putting all three true. of them together. Yes, that's, yeah, that's a very good point because, yeah, since they're all experiencing it together, it must be something. It's an interaction between the three of them. So, yeah, it's it's about all of it. Yeah, and I mean, they even uh, the Dream Lord says to Amy, you know, the bit about like I've seen your dreams. Mm-hmm. Like, does that mean that the doctor's sort of peeking in on on his companion's dreams? Yeah. You know, it's um like not in a mean way. I just right, I but mean, he can't I, not. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's telepathic. He's in a ship that's telepathic. I mm-hmm. mean, he probably picks up on stuff. Yeah, I've totally written fanfic about that, but of course. You know, but still. <laughs> But still, I mean, I find that an interesting idea that he's, you know, not like he's trying to be intrusive. He's just protective. And so he's probably, you know, or maybe it just comes to him whether he wants it or not. Okay. So here I go. This is probably maybe the fourth time, but I think the third time that I've ever watched this one. This is not one that I have watched over and over and over again. But because I respect you, Nicole, and I respect your opinions, I did like the guys were doing, I was trying to approach this going into it as let me find why Nicole likes. And what I uncovered in watching it, because I did like the character development of Amy and Rory and the doctor, and I loved all that aspects. But what I uncovered in watching this was my problem with the dream Lord. And this is no disrespect to Toby Jones, but I, was so turned off by the character of his portrayal of the dream Lord. I found him to be creepy and ultimately coming across as a perv to, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. He, he, oh, yeah. he, yeah, what's your problem with that? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, he's very predatory in this. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right. He's a predator. Yeah. yeah. And, but I think I would have loved to have seen that character. Yes, he did come across. But see, to me, he came across as creepy with less predatory into it. He, I think if he had have been presented as a character differently, more menacingly to where I could have taken him a little bit more seriously, but there was something about him. It was just like, okay, creep will just go away, you know, and, and he, he irritated me the whole episode. Well, and he even does the, the cue joke of turning up in different costumes. Yeah, uh, yeah, from time to time. So yeah. the open rope, and you know, he's like yeah. anything could happen. Right, yes. be old not to be trusted. <laughs> and so he and the anything goes, that could happen, of course, is a callback to Rose too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. And so he even refers to. He says the old man prefers the company of the young. Does he not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, that's creepy. Yep. Yeah. See, thank you. <laughs> right, and since it's the doctor, he that means he knows. He knows. Yeah. Yeah, that is one of my part of my favorite line, though. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I don't have a problem with with the concept of the dream. I just did not gel well with me personally. You know, the way he was presented. I liked the dude playing uh, Zolif, whatever his name is, the TV head guy. 
I liked seeing him in Captain America. I thought he did a good job in that. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't sold for the Dream Lord. And specifically, and I know I'm jumping to the end, when he, he being the real doctor, blew the crystals out the door, I don't think I should have seen the Dream Lord again after that. Crystals are gone. They're out into mm. space. And then we see that look in the, you know, look in the TARDIS and the image is reflected back. I didn't like that. I think that was in the doctor's head, though. Yeah, me. That's how I read that too. But maybe that's just because I wanted. To, yeah, wanted him gone. <laughs> yeah, because I think I had the same feeling Kyle did. I thought, well, no, we just threw it out the window, so out the door. So, but yeah, that's that. That's that. That's a um, a visual way of telling us the doctor's still thinking about it. Yeah, and I think I mean to Toby Jones's credit, I think he's meant to be a character you're uncomfortable with. Like he's not, he's supposed to be very much the antithesis of the sort of cuddly, you know, amiable aspects of the doctor. He's kind of like a mirror image of that. So I think it's meant to like, if he was like, you know, a good looking, you know, uh, not, not to put Toby Jones down. I'm just like traditionally like an attractive guy that's very charismatic and whatever the, it would have came off very differently. Mm where I think they made him purposely to be kind of like a creeper. I mean, it's, it's the kind of roles that his father played for decades. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it, it, there are aspects of the doctor himself that are kind of creepy. I mean, they get reframed yeah. in different ways, yeah. but he, he's kind of like that amped up to 20, you know, and it's just, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, Kyle. I'm no, just saying no, that I think. No, but you just... actually made me think of something and I'll, I'll pose it like this. And you said it brilliantly. If I were to see, you know, we're talking Matt Smith's 11th doctor. If I were to see Matt Smith's 11th doctor walking down the street and he comes up and starts talking to you and et cetera and so forth, I would probably keep talking to him because of the personality, et cetera and so forth. On the flip of that, if I saw the Dream Lord as he was presented coming down the street, starting to talk to you, I would be on guard and probably trying to get the heck out of there. So, you know, you just, I think you, Hmm. that just proves your point, right? Because he, he represented everything that people normally are drawn to an incarnation of the doctor. And he, he was the anti everything about that doctor. Right, Which because means, sometimes people think the master is like the anti-doctor, but the right. master is also very charismatic. Mm-hmm. It, this is like not charismatic at all. This is literally the darker sides of the doctor. You know, he, this is the stuff he pushes down. He tries to hide. Like, you know, I was rewatching, um, human nature, family and blood last night for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's not a nice guy at the end of that. He you is know? not. But we still think, oh, you know, we love him. You know, he's our hero. And so this is just, as I said, just Toby Jones is just pushing that button that, oh, this this isn't a good person. And I was just looking at the transcript uh, again and just sort of skimming through uh, this afternoon and noticing that once it's revealed who the Dream Lord is, you have to go back and think about the insults. And he makes a lot of cutting, deeply personal remarks about the doctor, which makes sense. But he doesn't spare any of it for Amy or Rory either. Yeah. So are those things the doctor thinks privately, deep down? I mean, we doesn't Maybe. everybody? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he's unfiltered. He's basically that's it. Is the doctor like an anonymous person on the internet? He just he can say all (laughs) stuff without like that's right, no consequences. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He's the doctor's id. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the two realities, and we keep talking Mm. about the doctor and the dream lord. I'm curious, did anybody notice anything about the doctor in the different? Realities. Anything specific about our doctor in each version of reality? Curious. Only after it was pointed out to me. Is it the bow tie? <laughs> uh, the jacket. He's wearing his whole, he's wearing, uh, he's got two outfits, you know, and he wears one in Ledworth and a different one in the TARDIS. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't I notice. check the bow tie, but I know that for a while in series five, there was this thing that like, if he's in the future, he's wearing red. And if he's in the past, he's wearing blue or something. Or the other way around, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't remember it now, but right. watching it today, I I don't remember taking notice of the bow tie. No. Yeah, no, he wears the teal coat in Ledworth and the maroon coat in uh, the TARDIS. Well, I will also add that the oh, bow in the tie, well, the bow tie, he does have, I can't remember which was, which I think the in the TARDIS, he had the red bow tie and in the... Mm-hmm. Ledworth scenes, he had the blue bow tile. Mm, yeah, I think I think that's right. So I want to ask a question because in my mind, if I'm thinking that all three of them are being controlled or they are controlling what these, maybe subconsciously or it's feeding off of them, whatever, that Amy and Rory are subconsciously controlling these realities that they're choosing or seeing, that's ultimately this choice that we're about to come to. But I want to think that Rory created the domestic reality, that that came from his subconscious, whereas with Amy, the setting for inside the TARDIS came from her yearning to continue in the TARDIS. Do you guys agree with that? I actually disagree. Oh, cool. I actually think, and and I've gone over this a few times, but for me, and this is just an opinion, I think they're both created by the doctor. The doctor thinks that life on earth is really boring. And so he has made this incredibly, well, boring to someone like Amy and obviously not Rory, but he has come up with this. It's probably had some, you know, of Rory's thoughts in there, but I think it's from the doctor. I think they're both from the doctor. Okay. That that actually makes a lot of sense to me as you say it, because what they're living is a kind of a mean spirited cartoon of village life in England. Right. This is yeah, like, this is be- what the doctor thinks. Oh, and he's going to grow up and be a doctor and probably grow a ponytail, and she's going to be pregnant like she's about to explode, and that's their life. That's their and whole nothing life. Nothing ever happens. That's, nothing ever happens. And, that's what yeah. they're, you know. So I he had that. that. <laughs> so he had, but he had that flash of a thought in a negative way, and that's actually what's happening. Yeah. Right. <sighs> well, it's not wrong, but the thing is, it's not what the doctor wants in a life, and he looked. He, right. I don't want to say he looks down on it, but he. He he does find it kind of boring, and actually, so does Amy at this point in her life. So it's that's where a lot of the tension is, I think. Well, and and Rory's attempt to defend it falls completely flat. You can tell that he doesn't believe it either. You know, hey, right. we, we we sit on this bench and we listen to the birds. <laughs> we listen to the birds, and we um, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's bored too. Yeah. All right, so I want to get into this idea of including these alien creatures in the story and 
Clarence, why don't you start with that? What did you think of the pied people, or or as I call them, fear the walking pensioners? (laughs) That's good. (laughs) They're they're the echnodyne I see from the closing titles, but yeah, yeah, the echnodyne. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you needed to have an enemy there. I thought they were somewhat interesting um, as they turned people to piles of dust. They're uh-huh. dusting folks, a la Thanos, I guess. I don't know. I thought it was somewhat interesting. Um, I do like how it was the older people that were – well, not really older. They've just been around for so long. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was interesting to see these old people chasing <laughs> running folks down. Yes. It, it made for interesting visuals. But beyond that, you know, they were pretty cookie cutter. You yeah. should watch them on two times speed because I was watching it back <laughs> on two times speed to get them quicker. Yeah. And uh, oh my god, it's amazing. That's yeah. I, I hope a lot. Never thought I would live to the day when I was. And I, I remember thinking this the first time I watched it through. The doctor and Amy are basically plowing through people as the, uh, you know toward the end when they're making their choice, and it's like. Okay, you realize you're running over people, don't you? Oh, the doctor kicks one off the top of the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And apparently the one that um Arthur Darville hits, the old lady when you know mm-hmm. Amy's like smack her, he yeah. he actually hit that lady harder in real life on purpose than he meant to. Because <laughs> it was like in the in the, you know, confidential and he's like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh, it happens all the time. <laughs> yep. Happens all the time. I mean, she was she laughed. She thought it was funny, but he was like, "Oh, God, <laughs> oh goodness!" Oh, God. Yeah. But it, it just reminded me too much of uh, Prisoner Zero. Uh, but I just thought we've seen this. We've seen this. Yep. I guess for me, you know, it's funny because I was just thinking of the eleventh hour as well. I think with an episode like that, the focus—it's like the alien threat should be sort of minimal. Yeah. Um, because it's a, it's a character piece. It's meant to focus more on the characters, their reactions to what's going on, their reactions to each other. And so if you had like a really hardcore villain, like if this was the Daleks or something, uh-huh. they would suck all the energy out of the room. Like it, it would could, be yeah. a Dalek episode. Yeah. It wouldn't be about the doctor and her, his companions and that sort of thing. So. I I don't mind it too much. I mean, they're not very exciting villains. Um, they make a nice sweater, you know. But <laughs> yeah. aside from that, I'm you know they're not very interesting. But th- I don't think they're meant to be interesting. I think they're just meant to be there and kind yeah. of be kind of weird, like the 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 sun that is a nice sun, you know, just to be like, yeah, what is that? You know, that's weird. It's the same logic that we always say about a post regeneration stories that you can't. You can't have a big bad in that story. I mean, it's one of the things I admire about uh, Runaway Bride, actually, that I feel like you did get to have it both ways in that story. But, um, but yeah, so it's unfortunate that Matt Smith's post-regeneration story and this one have the same challenge, you know, about wh- what kind of villain, but they came to the same solution. <laughs> <It's> like, no, <laughs> that's, oh, well, scary old people with stuff in their mouths. Okay. Right. Well, you know, he does have that line, uh, ice can burn, sofas can read. It's a big universe. Maybe in the other dream, the sofas should have come to life and yes. like, been attacking them. And they, they looked at the budget and said, how about scary old people? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, it would just be like, um, the, you know, when the master uses the plastic chair to kill the guy. <laughs> be just like that all over again. The great moments of all classic who. I love that scene. 
So I want to ask a question and I want to go around the horn or, you know, go around the table or whatever, the console, whatever we want to call it <laughs> and ask which, do, you know, when we get to the choice time and, and, and obviously, you know, we, we know the choice when Rory is dusted, but, but right before that, when, when we are posed with two different options, which did you guys think mm. was the real option? We are the choice that needed to have been made. The Ledworth are aboard the TARDIS. And Lee, why don't you go first this time? I, I do remember getting engaged in that when I saw it the first time. And I really thought it's got to be the TARDIS. That's got to be the reality. Um, and that the rest of this stuff where they're having to run around is there to distract them from the, the thing, the simple one thing then to do to keep from going into the frozen star. But I love this solution because in the end, it doesn't matter. What's important about this story is Amy doesn't want a reality that doesn't have Rory in it. Boom. And I, I and it's the single thing about this script that I really, really like the most. That's the solution. All right. Clarence, what say you? I had no idea. I had no idea. I did like how the, frozen sun thingy was it felt more scientific to me um mm -hmm. but if i also felt like the two options or the two enemies on both worlds were polar opposites and maybe that's good because it gave a different feel in each reality mm -hmm. uh but ultimately I, I really did not know at all which one was the real one yep i think i'm going to go with what you said clarence i did not know I still was, you know, hung up on the ponytail. But beyond that, <laughs> I was still wondering, had we jumped five years even at this point? And I was wondering, you know, I was I can remember sitting there going, OK, well, if they stay in the future, I mean, if they stay in the past, then we've got to contemplate what it would like if a companion had a baby you know what would what would that be like if a companion might have a baby at some point interesting yeah. you know which which uh, another big plot hole to me was the fact that they never tried to go back into the tardis in the other reality i mean i don't know if they could have used it for anything useful but they never um, that's your point yeah, it felt yeah weird. that's interesting was it even there well it, it was in the garden remember? of course yeah Smash that's right it's flowers. right in front of their house yeah Amy's going to kill Interesting. you. Interesting. That is yeah. brilliant. It really is a good point. Because yeah. I've never thought of it that way. Which, that mm -hmm. is good. Yeah. Well, and one of my um, – and I have a friend who's a, a doctor in the in the UK, and she pointed out that um, the doctor should have known that um, this is a dream because Rory was a nurse five years ago, and it's possible to jump tracks and study to be a doctor, but he's seven years away. Right. <laughs> so oh. – he can't be the village doctor five years later. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so that's anyway. All right. So, Nicole, <laughs> which reality did you think? You know, I, I think they were really pushing toward it looking like the TARDIS was the reality. And I was I was buying it. I did not expect at the end when the doctor was like, oh, by the way, it's let's blow this up because it was either <laughs> And I was like, oh, like, I didn't think they were going to die, but it was also like, oh, I didn't even consider that. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes perfect sense in retrospect, but a nice twist. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. I get that. I mean, it sounds weird with the star, but it, it, we've seen weird things on Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah. This is I mean, Doctor Who. That is not that out of the realm of the Lord right. Ordinary, I think. Right. Well, it's like when uh, the doctor tells him to look out for anything that seems out of place, and, uh, and Rory says, 
inside your spaceship that's bigger on the inside. <laughs> and Roy says, yeah, with a time-traveling alien who wears a bow tie. <laughs> Good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we see Amy make her choice, and obviously it puts, as you know, I've kind of said before, it puts to rest this who is Amy's man, and it firmly establishes what that is, and it's Rory, and, you know, we move on from that. And I'll go ahead and say one of the reasons I'm glad that we have had this conversation about this episode is because it now adds a bit of salve or, you know, medicine on the wound of Amy trying to seduce the doctor, because this is the bookend of that. And, you know, she makes her decision and it I think we see a more mature Amy. I'm going to speculate, especially next season, of course. But even even I think going forward, we're going to see a little bit more of a maturity out of Amy after making this choice. So this episode now has become integral to the entire series five. So I love that. So what were your reactions to the scene immediately after she makes her decision with Rory and Amy embracing and all that. Any thoughts on that? Clarence, why don't you go first? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it definitely solidified their relationship. Uh, one thing that she said that right before the crash or the, 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 the crash into the building, um, she said, I've never told them I love them. Yeah. But, they're finna get married. It happens every day, man. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So when, when I heard that, I kind of <laughs> blanked out the next thing because I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> really? Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, it, it, it definitely solidifies Roy's place at, at, at the top of her food chain, I guess. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think going forward from here, we don't have to tackle this anymore. Um, and to see the length she was willing to go to 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 do so so that's definitely uh something aurora can can take close to his heart and be proud of nicole what about you oh god i have so many feelings like and they're all (laughs) over the place i mean there's obviously you know a lot of people hate the fact that she was pregnant and she drove she killed herself while pregnant um, I honestly kind of forget she's pregnant in the episode. I mean, I know she's yeah. got a giant belly, but I just, I don't think the show pays a lot of attention to it. Um, and I don't like the fact that I, I, I like that she loves Rory, but the fact that she's willing to kill herself because he died is kind of a little bit awkward, mm-hmm. but I do like the fact that the doctor is there with her and holding her hand. And, um, because of what has happened with, Rory dying and him feeling the guilt. He feels like he needs to be there for her. And it's kind of a, it's a horrible moment, but it's also a beautiful moment where he's like, whatever you need to do, I'm right here. You know, he doesn't say that, but it's sort of conveyed with how he's acting. And I, I don't know. I just, I find that beautiful, but it's kind of messed up too. So it's, it's kind of awkward. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. How would you feel about that if you were Rory? I mean, obviously he's like, oh, I can, uh, great, you know, but also you killed yourself because I died. I mean, that, okay. that would make me feel really awkward as a partner. I'd be like, uh, therapy maybe, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's just, but me. she, she bites therapists. Remember you have to, 
Oh, that's true. Yeah. She's probably not allowed at any therapist. Right. <laughs> She's already been, <laughs> she already been ruled off. So uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of complicated feelings around that. All right. So Lee, what about you? I, I've had the same kind of back and forth about it is that, um, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> suicide is a very fraught issue, as anybody who listens to relativity knows. I have a lot of complicated feelings about it, and yeah. uh, it would, it, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Nicole's already said it and said it very well. I'll just be repeating what she said, but um, or maybe this is a sidebar. We can sort of step to one side. What is it with Doctor with New Who and people committing suicide with automobiles? Yeah, I mean, that is a thing. Donna steps in front of one. Um, somebody else. Somebody else. Um, uh, 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 in the end of time, Luke almost gets run over by stepping out in front of a vehicle. But he's just not paying attention to what he's right, doing. But somebody still, else, though, de- somebody else deliberately, we're talking about suicide. Somebody else deliberately um, walks in front of a car. Hmm. Um, gets hit by a truck or something anyway. Oh, um, and, Danny, Danny dies like that. No, that's, the, that's on accident. Oh, 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 uh, 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 Father's Day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes, of course. He has to, wow. he knows he has to walk. Exactly. He has to go back out. And of course, Donna knows that to put the time stream back, right? She has to sacrifice herself. But yeah. And so this is Amy doing, it's like, yeah, that's sort of three in a row for this show. It's like, wow. Um, but I mean, my understanding of people uh, dying in automobile accidents is that it's a terrible way to die. Uh, I don't know, but you don't, you don't want to have a show like this where people are putting guns to their heads, I guess. Anyway, it's just one of the things that struck me this time when Amy got behind the wheel of the the van, I thought, wow, again. (laughs) Yeah. It, 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 to me, the one on father's day hurts worse because he's gone until he's not. Yeah. Uh, But, but Yeah. yeah, that one, that one really hurt. But we all, we always see this, especially again, Star Trek. Um, if it's, if it's a holodeck episode and you have to blow up the simulation to get back to normal, um, right. time or whatever. And it, it happens in science fiction a lot. I've seen it in different shows as well. Yeah. But, but it's still a struggle to see those critics. Now on Star Trek to, to save the whole future, uh, somebody's got to get hit by a truck. I allow it once. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll say, and after that, let's not see that again. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, there is a whole culture around romanticizing suicide, which I write a paper on. So exactly. It it is. It's, it's the leader of the pack, right? My my boyfriend died. So I've got nothing to live for. It's like, really? How old are you? Uh, and and yeah. as you say, and the baby, are we going to consult the baby about this at all? Or I don't know. And she's so, murdering the doctor as well. So well, he answered I mean, the keys. He I mean, he, yeah. But I mean, I guess it's a it's a joint suicide at that point. But as someone once tells, or once in some time in the future, will tell Amy about something else. It happened in an aborted timeline and a something that didn't even happen. Well, this was an aborted dream and something that didn't even happen. So yeah. technically she didn't quote unquote do it, even though she may have intended, she didn't technically do it per se. That's right. <laughs> but, yeah. but of course, like Rory says, what did, what did I do? Uh, can I use this again for birthdays or something? And I'm like, no, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So I have a question for you guys. Favorite quote. And Nicole, since this is your favorite episode, I'm going to let you start and tell me what was your favorite quote? 
Okay, this one's a little mean, but I literally go, oh, every time I hear it. So um, it's when the Dream Lord said, friends, is that the right word for the people you acquire? Friends are people you stay in touch with. Your friends never see you again once you've, once they've grown up. The old man prefers the company of the young, does he not? It's true. Ouch. It's Ouch. true. Yeah, it's, it's true. true. It's sad, but it's, so it's true. I was like, oh, man, they went there. It's um, Peter Pan. Yeah. Yep. All right, Clarence, favorite quote. What say you? Pretty sure somebody else has this one as well, but um, save him. You save everyone. You always do. It's what you do. do. Not always. I'm sorry. Then what is the point of you? That's my favorite scene. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Very good. <laughs> wow. All right. Lee Shackelford, what say you? I went in the other direction. I just love when, you know, the world is falling apart and somebody can bravely make a wisecrack. That's something that I always enjoy in screenwriting. And, you know, the, the three of them are doomed and they're freezing to death. And Amy makes ponchos. <laughs> and she says, here we go, my boys, my poncho boys. If we're going to die, let's die looking like a Peruvian folk band. <laughs> I love that one. Love it. Right. We're not going to die. <laughs> so mine is different. It um, because I'm one of those people who maybe in a calendar year remembers two, three, four at the most dreams that I have. I never remember my dreams. So whenever I heard this line, it was like, okay, this is my favorite quote from this. You can't spot a dream while you're having it. Well, I can't remember a dream, so it don't matter. But you can't spot a dream while you're having it. All right, favorite scene. And we did the tawdry quirks joke, or the that was a, that was a good one too. The what now? The, the, no one had the tawdry quirks quote. That one was a uh, that was a good one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's bringing insults. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a very quotable. Well, it, it really makes you feel like uh, the, if this is the doctor that he he knows himself. <laughs> pretty deeply and 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 when he looks inside he's not always happy with what he finds yep does he really think he's an intergalactic wag i don't know yeah he's a little <laughs> purple dog yeah like, oh you like the redheads too i mean elizabeth the first or oh, she thought she was the first, first. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but you know if you look at our, ourselves you think of how we see ourselves each of the four of us is not how everybody else perceives us. And nope. we are often our own worst critics. And absolutely, you know, how many of us sit here? I know I do. And, you know, our internal dialogue that we have with ourselves, I would say for the vast majority of people, not, not, not necessarily us, but people in general, your dialogue that you have with yourself for the most part is negative. I would, I would say to some degree, not saying that's healthy, not saying that's right. right. I'm just saying that's, Reality. Oh, there's, That's there's a whole. Oh, go on. But there's a whole social science about that. Yeah, absolutely. There. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think that the dream lord is such a nightmare in and of himself because he's basically your self-critic made manifest and right. like coming at you with all the things that you you know can push your buttons mm -hmm. because he knows you better than you know yourself because he is you. So yeah. it's yeah. Cool. It is. That's the worst. That's it's hard to think of anything worse than that. Well, I'll think of something better than that. And that's favorite Good. scene. So favorite scene, Nicole, what was your favorite scene? Well, we kind of touched on it briefly with the quote um, when uh, with 
uh, Clarence with the whole, what is the point of you scene? Cause, oh my God, that scene gets me every time. But my favorite moment of the episode and possibly, I don't know, it might be one of my favorite moments ever in Doctor Who. It's a really simple moment, but Amy has just said, you know, what's the point of you? And she's turned back to Rory and Matt Smith makes this really great acting choice where he comes up behind her and he has his hand sort of hovering over her back. Like he wants to, to calm her and, and comfort her, but he doesn't feel like he's worth it. Or, you know, he's, he's going through this, you know, I, I don't know, just he probably feels really guilty. And she turns around, and she doesn't even notice. And it's just like, I even made that the cover of my episode is his hands just hovering over her back. Cause it's just, it's such an intense, it's just like this great acting choice that happens really quick, but it says so much about the two of them in that moment. So, all right, Lee, I'll go with you next. What was your favorite scene? I sometimes say on this show that it's always fun to talk with Nicole because she and I disagree on so many things, but respect each other's point of view. But this too is my favorite scene in the whole oh. episode for exactly the same reasons. That's so powerful that the distance between his hand and her back he can't close that gap because of what she just said it, it, it's heartbreaking it, that's so yeah. eloquent such such power in that yeah incredible all right clarence what say you wow i'm still thinking about this scene <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and i think i just the riff on that real quick i think what's so great about that is the very next moment he turns around and puts all his trust in her before the van drops off into the wall. Yeah. He's willing to put it all on the line. So, okay, I'm trusting you on this. That's what you believe. Mm -hmm. So um, my, my favorite scene is on a totally different note. And that's when, um, Roy, <laughs> Roy, uh, drags pregnant Amy up the yes. stairs. Oh, you may it. experience some oh, bruising. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Sorry. That's it. <laughs> How did I get up here? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just picturing that. That was funny. And, you know, I think it is a testament to these three actors how well they had a performance, you know, or how well they did their jobs as the three actors on this show, because you created this moments where you can have scenes like the funny that we see of going up the stairs and then flip it and have this emotional scene that was just described by Lee and Nicole. I just think that that's a testament to them. So for me, my favorite scene, I'll be honest with you and say, I didn't have any scene per se that I really, really captivated me or really migrated to other than I thought the setting of the iced TARDIS when they're about, you know, right before the choice scene where everything is literally frozen over. I think that was beautifully done. It, there yeah. was nothing about the acting, but as far as we, we talked on a previous episode about the detail that we see in these episodes in series five, I think the detail of the ice just looks so realistic. It felt cold watching yeah. it. Yeah. So that was, that's my favorite scene. So final rating, and I'm going to go first, and I'm going to admit that I only gave this, before we started recording, I only gave this a two. That was what I was oh, going wow. in to this was with a two. 
But listening to the three of you, specifically Nicole, listening to you, uh, you for a, a majority of that is going to transform my two into a 3.45. I still Ooh. don't like per se the dream lord, but I'm okay not liking him now. Whereas before I, I was repulsed by him. I understand his purpose more now. So 3.45 for me. And I'm going to say 3.45 of Rory's bad hair pieces. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So I'm going to cut it off for you, though, Kyle. He cut it off. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. All right. So if I want to hold save... it down. I'll cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, saving you for last, Nicole. So I'm going to say next, Lee Shackelford. Final round. I... I too have revised my view, so I'm going to, to give it, um, four ladies falling off the roof of the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Clarence Brown, what say you? I will give it 3.75 dead time machines. He's, ah, cool. He's dead. Yeah. All right. Nicole. Dum, dum, dum. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I wrote like a, quick little paragraph because I'm not good at like summarizing, hence my very long episodes. So I'm going to read this out, though. I probably have already gone over this. <laughs> so just right just go listen to Terminus 31. I just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, okay, let's see. Really quick. <sighs> okay. In this episode, the show turns around and takes a much needed, angsty but realistic hard look at the Doctor's character and relationship to their companions over the years. And it shows the Doctor as they really are the person behind the myth and the fairy tales, and in turn showing the enamored child, who's both Amy and the audience in this case, who that adult, that hero, the doctor really is, for better or worse. It's all about growing up, a loss of innocence, like in Peter Pan with Wendy. But it's also positive. It also shows that while the doctor isn't perfect, he means well, and though he's stumbling through, he generally has good heroic intentions and loves his companions dearly. And despite all that, like Renette said of him, he's worth the monsters. Five ponchos out of five. <laughs> Woohoo. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So this. And go listen to the episode because I, I go on about it a lot. Well, I, I, I will say again, I am, I'm leaving this episode or, or this story. I'm finishing this episode of discussing who with a completely different point of view from this story that I have had since 2010. So I think that right there, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to go up to Clarence's 3.75 because I, I think it's that big because I've not liked this episode for all these years and I don't have the negative feeling that I had about this episode. So woohoo. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I have one final question and Nicole, where else might you be found on the internet? Um, you could probably find me easiest at my, um, on my podcast, uh, which is at terminus.libson.com or the Twitter associated with that, which is terminus cast. And as I said, I did do a long episode, weirdly enough, July of last year about this very episode. And it's my episode 31. And I gave the link to Kyle if he wants to put it in the show notes. If ever, anyone wants, to hear me go on about, you know, Peter Pan and all the character stuff and whatever, because I dig pretty deep into it. Sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Clarence Brown, where else might you be found on the Internet? 
I'm going to point people to DiscussingTrek.com, where we have a recent bonus episode, an off-trek episode, featuring none other than Lee Shock for the Relativity. And it's actually a rebroadcast from the Reality Breached podcast. So definitely check that out, where Lee goes into, whoever that guy is, goes into all relativity and a lot of his backstory in, in theater and uh, other things. God, that sounds boring. <laughs> Fascinating listen. Fascinating. I listen. need to learn more about this Lee Shackelford person. I need to go listen to that. But speaking of Lee Shackelford, where else might you be found on the internet? Uh, before, before saying relativitypodcast.com. Oh, I already did. Um, <laughs> I just, just want to mention that the title Amy's Choice refers, I think, pretty clearly to Sophie's Choice. Uh, great novel by. William Styron. If you've never read this book or if you've never seen the, the fine film, the, I think the Academy Award winning film based on it, Sophie's Choice, I cannot recommend it to you highly enough. It's not, it's not an easy ride. It's tough. <laughs> I mean, Sophie's Choice is, um, not a pleasant one, but, uh, it's, it's just a, yeah. And it's just a period of time and a period of world history that I personally find really interesting and important and timely. Mm-hmm. And I won't say any more about that. Anyway, but yeah, this yeah. week we have seen the triumphant return of Relativity, the sci-fi serial for your ears and minds, starring Clarence Brown. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> seriously, the, I, I just I was just editing one today, then, which uh, once again Clarence knocks it out of the park. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, and you find out all about that at relativitypodcast.com. What about you, Kyle? All righty. Well, say you stole it from me. I was going mm. to mention relativitypodcast.com. Mm. But since you've already mentioned that, I will mention that I took a trip down memory lane uh, over the weekend or end of last week. And on discussing comics, I did a new intro to a review we did, which was actually the second. No, it was, it was the third time the three of us. Clarence Lee and Kyle ever recorded together. And this was back in 2016. And it has one of my favorite all time <laughs> quotes from oh, any of the things that we've done. We were talking Superman versus Batman. And Lee says, I absolutely hate this movie. <laughs> it just warms hope you fold- my soul. Martha. Martha. I hope you folded your uh, listener and repeat episode into that too. You- I did not actually. Yeah, I had you missed used, an opportunity there. Well, huh? I had used that actually in a an episode prior to that. Uh, I put that in our episode that we did of the world's finest, where the three of us reviewed That's right. the cartoon. So I had already used Martha yeah. a couple of episodes before, <laughs> but I just. Uh, was loving that and we're going to do some more so uh, where can we be found of course discussing comics.com and we're I'm going to go down memory lane a little probably a couple more times just for the fun of it but yes uh, that was fun and you know what this was fun Nicole as always absolutely fantastic to have you on gentlemen always a pleasure of course having you on and for everyone listening Always a pleasure to have you along the ride with us. You Adam. did not have to listen to this. You did not yeah, have but to listen you did. to this. And it wasn't a dream. That's it right. It wasn't so a dream. Strange. As near as we can tell. Yeah. And, and you know, know what else is not a dream? It's not a dream that I'm going to say that we will be back next time. Shh.
You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. free. Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?